Dead playlist a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WHUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WHUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. Because you love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. How you like that beat? It's a good one. Yeah. Trying to get mix it up here on 88.3 sheets after further review. It is hot in here. I mean, like, blazing hot. Like, I like warmth, but, like, it's getting to the point where it's, like, almost knocking you out warmth. Like, yeah. you bundle up because it's so cold outside. Actually, let's see, look, look at the current temperature right now. I like, you know, with this new iPhone, I like the fact that you can do the face ID and it opens it up. It's pretty cool, actually. Actually, 29 degrees outside. Yeah, it's supposed to be up in the in the 30s today. It's supposed yeah. to be up in the high 30s, I believe, right? Yeah. That's crazy, going from 15 degrees to almost that. Yeah. And then Lowe's is supposed to get back in single digits Monday and Tuesday, and then it's going to just kind of be upper 30s mm-hmm. for the rest of the week. Wow. So that's, but that's January weather for you here in Northwest Ohio. That is right. Well, so yeah, you're listening to you're listening to 88.3 WGTs after further review. Frank, take it away with the college football playoff. So, I'll kind of go into if you've been living under a rock and didn't watch on New Year's Eve. Eve. We now have Alabama and Georgia playing each other for the national championship again. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing. I mean, personally, I don't think anything's wrong with it because they both dominated their games. I mean, Alabama, I didn't. I don't think ran away over Cincy like I thought they were gonna. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati kept it competitive, but they just didn't have. They just didn't have the horses. The Orange Bowl between Michigan and Georgia, I was a little bit more surprised at. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, that one's going to be a tight, low-scoring game. Hey, and I think probably Georgia wins by high one possession. 
And but that one was basically over from the get go. I mean, because George. Georgia was doing a lot of things that you didn't expect them to do. They were going up-tempo, and they basically put uh, guys from Michigan's defense on a milk carton. Aiden Hutchinson uh-huh. only had, comes and saying, oh, he's going to have a big game. I remember David saying that in our group chat. Mm-hmm. That he only, Hutchinson only had like three tackles that whole game, Haim, and no sacks, and uh, David Ajabo. I mean, how everyone was saying how he was climbing up draft boards and was like, I guess, Mel Kuyper's best outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He was non-existent. They didn't even play him on rushing downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, truthfully, I think that that game may have hurt his draft stock probably more than it did Hutchinson's. Because mm-hmm. what George was doing, they were doing. They were Stetson Bennett for. I mean, because I heard Georgia fans saying, you know, he. Oh, this guy is not good. We need JT Daniels in here. That's how you're going to treat the quarterback who got you to the playoff and now got you to a championship game. And mind you, Stetson Bennett was a 5'11 walk-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he's played pretty well. I mean, they're basically just getting the – getting the, just only doing one-step drops, get the ball out quickly, play to their running backs – most notably James Cook, who brother of Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Like he was he had a big game. Brock Bowers, their freshman tight end, who was a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He might he might be the he might be the second coming of Rob Gronkowski, only with more speed. Right, right. <laughs> and he, even George, George's defense is all his Michigan's offensive line I thought was gonna be able to hold their water. Here because they obviously they won the Joe Moore Award for best offensive line in the country. They did not look good at all. All going against uh, guys like Nicobe Dean, who was all was just all over the field. <laughs> you know, the heck, I wouldn't even mind if the Lions end up getting him later in the first round or have to trade up to get him. Him, I'd be all for it. But I think it just kind of, it basically just kind of showed that. Unless you're Ohio State and you're from the Big Ten and you get to the playoff, this is not for you. This isn't. This isn't just. Oh well, we had a bad. We had a bad night. The other team had a great night. Right, right. Give them their due. Right. This is basically. I mean, I'll say this because I had a lot of the same vibes when Michigan State lost to Alabama. But I mean, the only difference is. That was competitive for a half. And I thought Michigan State, even late in the first half, I still wonder what would have happened if Connor Cook didn't throw a late interception and got a touchdown. Maybe, just maybe, you're able to have a chance in that one. Hold on, David has to hang up because I didn't know he was calling in, so I would have brought in my lightning. You can try to pick it up. To see if it, see if it goes over David? the air. David, you there? Okay, Derek doesn't have his uh, yeah. lightning adapter, so I don't know if we try, can get, try, to, try see. to put you on the air. See if it, if it works, but right. yeah, I didn't know he was calling in, so I didn't bring. You know, I don't have my phone anymore, so. All right, I, I hit him on the air. I'll, David, you there? David. 
Oh, I, I hear him. Can David hear us? David, are you there? David, can you hear us? We can hear you. Nope. So he has to hang up. I'll try something else. Try to, I'll try to see if I can call him on my phone. Let's see here. We'll see. Or maybe videos, FaceTime him or something. Yeah. We'll oh, you happens. can't FaceTime because he doesn't have an iPhone. Oh, he doesn't? Oh, that's right. He is with Ant Team Android. Boo. <laughs> I know. Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll see what I can do here. I, I think you can call off of here. Yeah, you might be able to. Call off my, um, maybe not. It's got to be Apple. Yeah. Because that's why I was wondering why. Yeah, I can't do it, David. So you might have to look at the comment section or something. Unless you got your iPhone adapter. I'm going to try. Shoot. No, I, I no, do not. nothing. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. So sorry, David. David should have told us. Hey, he didn't respond to the email, to the text messages, you know. Got a new phone, David. If it was the old phone, you'd be on the air, but we can't. Here we go. Keep going. Uh, but any, anyways, I mean, this is just based what happened in that game, just to kind of get back on the same pages. Has when you get to this level, well, the team, the teams from the SEC you face are just the ta- the talent differential is. I, I mean, I I don't know how to put it. Almost at astronomical levels. Well, especially, I mean, look, I know people are going to say recruiting, recruiting, recruiting is where you got to go to get better. Well, that, coaching as well, because I'll, I'll tell you this too. Georgia, they didn't want to beat Michigan. They wanted to kill them. Well, everybody, I hope everybody has that type of mentality. Exactly. I mean, you, you I think at this point... You, I mean, I think that's why we see blows is because you see the Alabamas and the Georgias. Or maybe because they're also more talented. And I mean, that well, t- talent is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But the the Alabamas, the Georgias, and the Clemsons, and even the Ohio States to a degree, mm-hmm. why you see these blowouts is because they have that Michael Jordan mentality. Mm-hmm. They're not just satisfied. The Mamba, they're Mamba not. Mentality, yeah, right, Kobe. Yeah, they're not satisfied with just winning. They basically want to crush your spirit right. and make you quit and make you evaluate everything and say, basically send the message, this isn't for you, who you don't belong here, you made it here, this is your award, you have to make peace with it or let it eat at you for the rest of your life. Right. Now, I mean, look, and we could go in, I mean, look, I've made my points here how the only way you can get this better from a recruiting standpoint is if you open it up to 16 teams because then kids are going to want to go there, and plus it also oh, makes it probably puts an end to the whole opt-out deal. But there, there's a previous episode on that. Go look it up. Mm-hmm. Nice. But anyways, that's that said, with regards to Monday night's championship game, George's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Three points. Two oh, in the hook. Or has it been going up? I last I checked it was two and a half. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I mean, and everyone, everyone well, there's actually a piece on ESPN from David Sale mm-hmm. talking about how there's a curse, curse that Georgia has, how they can never seemingly get over the hump because they've had their heated rivalries with Florida, mm-hmm. Auburn, Georgia Tech. Heck, and of course, they haven't beaten 
they haven't beaten Nick Saban since he's gotten to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a, and the other thing, too, is Saban, before this year, was undefeated against all of his former assistants. That is true. You know why? Why? Because he taught them everything that they know. Yeah, but still, sometimes the pupil can beat the, the actual teacher. And it actually did happen this year. Okay. Here at Texas A&M, coached by Jimbo Fisher, mm-hmm. who is a Saban disciple. Mm-hmm. Finally, he, doesn't he have a lot of disciples? Oh, he, the, the Saban coaching tree is huge. Right. I mean, you obviously, you've got Fisher at A&M. You've got Kirby Smart at Georgia. Heck, Mel Tucker at Michigan State is part of the Saban tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is? Yes. Because uh, Mel was a GA at Michigan State when Saban was there, and he was also Alabama's defensive backs coach when they won the national title in 2015. Mm-hmm. So he's co- so he's coached under Saban, and, and he's trying to basically bring that SEC mentality to Michigan State, which I, I love that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a little bit more about this later. Now, Mel Tucker, was he with Saban when he was at MSU or no? Yes. Oh, he, he, was. He, was a, he was a grad assistant. Wow, that's years ago. And, but anyways, kind of getting back to this. I did see a graphic the other day somewhere where anytime there has been a rematch in the championship game from a regular season game, mm-hmm. The loser of the regular season meeting has won in the championship and or college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that happened, uh, or po- or in the uh, po- or in the postseason meeting, because mm-hmm. I think it was uh, last year you had Notre Dame beat Clemson in the regular season in South Bend. Then they ended up playing in the ACC championship because Notre Dame was an honorary ACC member that year. Mm-hmm. Clemson beat them. Mm. And then, and I think in recent years you've had LSU beat Alabama in 2011. Regular season. Championship game. Bama wins. Right. And how about 96? Florida State beat Florida uh, in the regular season. National championship game. The Gators prevailed. Mm-hmm. And there, there's probably a couple others there, too. Who, and I think it goes back to saying it's hard to beat a team twice. And, you know, this Georgia team, I think they've got the pieces to beat Alabama. I mean, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, and even offensively, I think they can get they can get guys going. Obviously, I've mentioned James Cook, Brock Bowers, their tight end. George Pickens, the receiver who's starting to play well. Uh-huh. And also, Bama is. This isn't the this. There's something about this Alabama team. They're not. This isn't the your vintage Alabama defense. And it's, I mean, there's there's talent there, but I mean, they. It seems like they are. They're susceptible to get beat at times. Mm-hmm. Times. I mean, they. I think their best corner, Josh Job, has been injured. I mean, offensively, John Mechie. Died in the SEC championship game. I gotta ask you: How do you think Saban keeps this up, though? Why do you think he always? Well, I get maybe it's because he he knows the secret to the sauce and doesn't let anyone into the kitchen to see the secret. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's kind of how Bill Belichick is. Even though there may have been a time or two where 
his former assistants have beaten him. Is it really? I got to ask you this: Is it really because they're really good because they're good coaches, or is because he just has stacked talent? It's a combination of both. Because he's, I mean, look, because he didn't do real well in the NFL. See, yeah. Well, Saban's had stacked talent ever since he's been at Alabama, but he's also had very good coaching. I mean, you look look at that look at that two thousand look at that two thousand fifteen team mm-hmm. who he had on staff. Half Lane Kiffin, now the head coach at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart was the defensive coordinator. He's at Georgia now. Mel Tucker, I bet you, now at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Billy Napier, who was the receivers coach, he's now the head coach at Florida. Mario Cristobal, who was the offensive line coach, he's now at the U. Mm. And hopefully the hopefully that means that the U is going to be back for real this time. Um, and maybe we just maybe get uh, the U part three. Which, by the way, the only dynasty that have two uh, ESPN 30 for 30s. Do you think that Alabama gets a 30 for 30? I think down the line they should. I mean, I don't think they're... A, I don't think you're going to see them. I don't think they have like as many as much NFL talent as the 2001 Miami team did. That that might be beyond generational, right? But still, I mean, you have. There's been some teams that have come close, like the 2013 Florida State team, mm-hmm. team that put a lot of guys in the league, right? Or I mean, even the Alabama teams. You could probably. I'd like to see how many guys they've put in. I mean, you can. Now that you can actually add a quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa mm-hmm. in the mix as well. Well, and even from this team, you could probably add uh, Bryce Young, Evan Neal, or probably their best offensive lineman, Jamison Williams, their wide receiver, although he's a little bit dinged up. Actually, Jamison Williams was the fourth best receiver at Ohio State. Wow. And then he go, and then he goes to Bama and becomes the number one guy. Mm-hmm. All right, just ima- just imagine if he stayed at Ohio State this year. Holy smokes! And that's after after what Jackson Smith and Jigba did in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Woof! Yeah, that that was crazy what he did, in the, and everyone thought a lot. Olave and Wilson. Wilson. I mean, heck, left. I thought. I thought I thought that Ohio State was going to be in trouble too with all the opt outs they had, but you know Ryan Day says, "Hey, you know we got you still got guys that are playing." How do you feel about that? I think we talked about that. How do you feel about Kirk Herbstreit's comments? I I'll just repeat what I've said before. I get why players opt out because they want to protect their draft stock. Mm -hmm. I get it and I respect it. However. And this is where two things can be true. As a fan of the game, I don't like it. Because what sells in these bowl games? Star power. Okay, but the, why have all I You know how my sentiment about it is. I think they need to get rid of the bowl game and just go to a 32 team. I, I mean, I've, I've even said the same thing with a 16 team. Right. Because it's gonna pre- it's gonna prevent the opt outs. I know if there are some out there who say, "Oh no, it won't," because then they'll just opt out. And say, "Oh, we played too many." If you're opting out of the playoff at that point, it becomes more punitive. Than well, the people they already play they already play in the 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 um, playoff. 
the top four, everyone plays. No, you have you heard, ever heard someone opting out when they're in the top four? Absolutely not. Exactly. So right now, I think that there's too many bowl games. I think, and not to mention, you're it's not getting, wrong about that. It's watering it down to the point now where even with the COVID this year, you were getting teams with losing records getting in. You can't reward Rutgers. teams. Yeah, you can't reward well, teams. Well, R- Rutgers was record. Rutgers only got in just because AM had to COVID. back out yeah, and COVID. they didn't want to and they didn't want to cancel the bowl game altogether. Right. And that all ties into money and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Has but. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I think I think it's it works out for I said thirty two teams because they already ranked twenty five of them. You could do sixteen teams. Yeah, we all know that it's all about the money. But I think going back to the Kirk Herbstreit thing, he really hit a nerve. But he was telling the truth. Him and David Pollock, and I actually watched the full segment that was on, I believe, last week. And they've got a point. There's some people, and it's not just in football. It's not in football where kids don't really play for the love of the game. It's something to do. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, they're really talented. But like I said before, it kind of goes back to the parents. They see that the kid has a talent. They try to push this sport on them. And I don't think, unlike back in the day, things were organically loved. I think that if you really love a sport, you would play no matter what, depending what the situation is. If I'm not in the college football playoff, you know what? I love football so much, I just want to play football. You never know when it's your last day to play football. So you still, you, you ball, like they say, they ball till you fall. And when you're getting these guys that are opting out and saying, well, I, I'm going to worry about getting injured and all this, nah, hey, totally cool. I understand that. But what he was saying was, and I think people, there was a message there that people missed. They, they, they were paying more attention to the delivery than the actual nuance of the message. And the nuance of the message is, and I see it a lot, with basketball is that there isn't really a love for sports. It's too, there's all many other outlets. People love video games. Uh, people like to binge watch movies. It's just not like it was back in the day. And there's just so many other options to do that. Hey, if I have this opportunity to do this, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait out to, to do start my pro NFL career. But the thing about it is you're just going to work out. You once the especially guys that do bowl games in the middle of December, your season's over. Then you got plenty of time to go work out. I, I mean, like Barry Church, remember him? Stephen Stephen Williams, you know, those guys really didn't start working out. And this was now 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Those guys didn't really start working out until after they actually got done with their schoolwork and they started going out maybe late December, early January. You got till what late? What is it? The combines in February. You got almost two months to do do these workouts, and you're young, so it doesn't take that long to do this. Yeah. But let's face it: the game of football, like Devontae Adams was saying, you need to do stuff that has to deal with football. Stop doing the underwear Olympics. Yeah, no, don't be po- don't be posting on your social media what you're doing and drill work and all. But all Kurt that stuff. I mean, has a point though. That I mean, kids, I, they don't love the game. There's there's two sides of it. There's a there's sophomore at Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central. Uh, Nolan Moore is his name. Him and I've, and he play he plays football. He plays baseball. I mean, Grant Hill. There's times where he'll post like some videos here. He's lifted where he's lifting weights or lifting a tractor tire in the yard. Which I guess he his mom, his mom was not too thrilled about him and his dad picking up on the side of the road somewhere. Right. But I know I know why he does it because he wants to be he wants to be able to better himself because he and get stronger because. 
His freshman year, he battled a ton of injuries. David put Alabama will beat. Yes, I was about to. I was about to say that Stetson is still the biggest weakness with the Georgia offense, and Alabama will just show how to get him rattled. Well, David, you know that it's very hard to beat a team twice. And he also, and then I don't know what he was referring to: seventy percent talent, thirty percent coaching. Great talent needs just a little bit of coaching and direction to get. Okay, yeah. I, I see what you're getting at, David. But I mean, Nolan, Nolan, someone he's always will show. He's not just lifted weights. He'll be going out and like uh, try and do some uh, throwing a bullpen and session or taking batting practice because he's just. I think he's just more showing how he's dedicated to the game and getting better so he can continue playing at the next level. I mean, he's, he's a very talented baseball player. player and a good football player as well. I mean, heck, even, even, my, even my, my little cousin, Zach Hemry, who's a sophomore at Ida, mm-hmm. uh, he, um, his dad, Gary, I see post, uh, post footage from like their, their ring doorbell cam, how Zach's yeah. out at night getting shots up. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know if he's wearing his uh, Trey Young ice shoes. <laughs> but, yeah, but they're doing it for the love of the game. Oh, and, yeah. And, and like Kirk Herbstreit was talking about, it's the guys that are doing NFL or bust. I see it a lot. I think that social media is a bad part about it. But there's some people that play a sport just to get social media clout. They don't really love the sport. They just do things because it, it, it's street cred. And for some of the guys that are opting out, they're doing it NFL or bust. Whereas Kirk Herbstreit was saying back in the day, the guys love to be around the team. It's team camaraderie. They love to play football. I get the whole money thing. I get the whole everyone's against the NCAA because these guys don't get paid and whatnot, this and that. I get that. But like I said, coming from – and remember, he even said in the segment, he talks to coaches and they'll tell him, yeah, this guy really loves the game. This kid's a gym rat. No, he's just doing it because he gets some he gets some Instagram or Twitter swag. Or some love from that. That's all this kid worries about. And and it's starting to become more and more apparent that that's what's going on is that, you know, there's people that just don't really organically fall in love with the game. There's just everything that's pulling them from different directions. Either their parents pushed them in the game because they saw there was a talent and you do better for their lives or maybe even help the parents get their clout up. Or some people see what's going on and, you know, I want that type of clout too. Just that you get it. You see it all the time. Like I've, I've told people when I coach AAU basketball, it sucks when I have more of a passion and get enjoyment going to a gym and being in there four or five hours and the kids act like it's pulling teeth. And I said, in AAU basketball, all you do is come and play basketball. You do the most fun part. Yeah. And you, you kind of going back to putting on social media, Chris Hack, front of the show, just messaged me. He says, putting things on social media, you'll be like Antonio Brown. Oh, that's, a, that's a whole other topic for another time. Who's Chris Hack? Friend, uh, one of my best friends. He actually, uh, him and his wife just welcomed their second child mm-hmm. earlier this week, uh, Declan Robert Hack, who, oddly enough, was share not can say he shares a birthday with Mel Tucker. Nice. And how old is the other kid? Uh, his daughter Adelaide. I I want to say she's uh, three years old. Oh, okay. Because there is a heck that plays at uh, St. Francis. Pretty good point guard. Yeah. There's. Yeah, Chris is from Monroe. Okay. And so, oh, speaking speaking of uh, St. Francis, I noticed that they're going to be playing Onstead High School on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that. that, that 
That last, you'll actually get a look at uh, the the man they call Baby Davis, Aiden Davis, the younger brother of Austin. Okay, okay, yeah. nice. And Austin's actually been uh, coaching the team as well. Nice. He's helping out Brad Maska. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm actually hoping to go get watch Onstead play because I know I know a lot of some of those kids I remember because I umpired them in baseball and. Oh, and plus getting to know Brad from when uh, I was at Dundee. We had, we had some good battles with the Wildcats. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, once again, um, yeah. The, the bowl games are too much. I say go down to the playoff. Plus it helps. They say, well, it doesn't help the college athlete. Yeah, it does. Because think about how many teams were in the bowl games. If you're not that good or you don't make your, you know, your conference championship game and it's only 32 teams invited – that eliminates a whole bunch of teams. By the end of November, your season is over. So then you can worry about final exams. Yeah. I mean, you want to take a quick commercial break because I know there was another matter we wanted to get to before we get to the NFL pick them. Who's that? What's that? That would be uh, the whole whole Jim Harbaugh's NFL okay. sizzler steak. Okay, I thought you were going to add that in this segment. Yeah, right, well, so we we'll- kind of got off on talking – College football playoff. Okay. Yeah, okay. so let's just. I think we just need. Right. I need to go grab a drink of water because it's getting so damn hot in here. Okay, we'll take a quick commercial break. Listen to eighty-eight point three WX because I was I was wondering when you were going to get to that. Yeah. Like, okay. When's he going to get to? We this? were having a good. We were having a good talk about. It. Dave was giving some input. Chris was giving some input. <laughs> okay, we'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to eighty-eight point three WXTs. After further review, we'll be back after this. Listen to iCloud or iTunes and SoundCloud at WXTs. After further review with our segments for our podcast. 